I think that if you are not allowing your dog to just take the time to sniff, you're really limiting your dog's ability to enjoy life. You got to let them go check their pee mail. I, there is some they truth do. to that. What is canine nose work or scent work? And how can it benefit tripods during recovery or any dogs all the time? Find out from an AKC scent work judge on this episode of Tripod Talk Radio. And scratching like a three-legged dog. For any tripod, cat or dog. Why do some vets do things that way? Why? So many people don't realize that their dogs are in pain. He's a three-legged dog and he's still pretty good. Hello once again, this is Tripod Talk Radio episode 109. You'll find the video version for this and all past episodes on the Tripod's YouTube channel. You know, we know that moderating physical activity for new tripods is important to ensure a quick and safe recovery. But how do you tire energetic dogs and keep them stimulated? Well, brain games and food puzzles can keep them... Um, but how do you tire energetic dogs and keep them stimulated? Well, brain games and food puzzles can be exhausting for dogs and fun for all of us. We learned with Wyatt that nose work and scent training are great ways to keep dogs engaged and entertained. And today we have an expert from thebrainycanine.com to tell us all about it. Please welcome licensed AKC scent work judge, Nancy Allman to the show. Thank you for joining us, Nancy. I'm very excited to be here, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk about my all-time favorite dog sport. So my, the thanks are all mine. Uh, well, this is going to be great because I, I don't think enough people know about this activity. And so I, when I ran into an article that you wrote, I thought, we need to talk to her so that we can figure out how this can help tripods and, and all dogs, really. But um, let's give everybody a little bit of, of background on you. Uh, who are you and how'd you get started? Well, actually, I am what I like to call a boutique trainer, which is a fancy way of saying I'm a hobby trainer. I adopted a deaf puppy back in 2011 and I very naively told her breeder that I would put performance titles on her because she could not be shown for confirmation. Boy, I didn't know what I was getting into. We dabbled in backpacking. We dabbled in rally. We dabbled in parkour. And then a friend recommended nose work. It is a sport that is based on scent detection which is what you see when you hear about dogs doing bomb detection or drug detection, no contraband involved, however. And I thought, well, this sounds like a great opportunity. So I tried it and my girl loved it. She just loved it. And because she lights up like a Christmas tree when she's walking into a search area, I thought this is what I have to pursue. In the interim, uh, I adopted another deaf dog who has also really excelled at the sport and because of the fact that they enjoy it so much I just decided to go whole hog and start to teach it locally when the AKC rolled out their scent work program I already had they already had some fairly high titles in another venue and I qualified as a judge as, as soon as I possibly could that is really cool that you you became so passionate about it so quickly and and just jumped in with with both feet and all paws and I, I love that, I love that <laughs> your dog is, 
Well, you know, it's, it's, I mean, that's, that's pretty quick. And, you know, your dogs are, are hearing impaired. And I, this is the second time I've heard of dogs with, with some kind of impairment doing really well in this sport. Um, quite a few years ago, I met a blind dog who was also yes. doing scent work. So yes. let's tell people, I'm, I'm personally a little bit confused about the difference, if there is a difference between nose work and scent work. Um, or scent detection. Can you give us a background on the activity? So when it's really, the specificity is that it's venue dependent. There is one organization, which is the oldest one called the National Association of Canine Scent Work, and they always call it nose work. The AKC rolled out their own version and they call it scent work in order to differentiate it from the NACSW offering. CPE, which a lot of people know for agility, also has their own offering and they call it scent sport. So it's basically the same concept. It's just got different names because there are some tweaks. So the AKC titles, what are those actually called? I'm not quite sure I understand the question. You, you, you mentioned three different organizations that call it three different things. I was just clarifying on the AKC title. Is it nose work? Oh, no. NACSW, National Association of, of Canine Scent Work, uh, calls it nose work. And AKC calls it scent work. Got it. Same oh, thing. Okay. Basically. Okay. Okay. And so same thing, basically, um, if, if there, what, are, what are common activities between all of them? The commonality is that the dog gets to search for these small packets of odor called hides, and they are Q-tips that are scented with various essential oils, and the three main ones are going to be birch, anise, and clove, AKC, add cypress. Um, the Q-tips are hidden in these little packets called hides, either straws or small metal tins, and they are invisible to the handler. The handler cannot see where they are and the dog can't see where they are. So they are actually using their nose to determine where the odor is. Just like a scent detection dog, like a bomb sniffing dog would indicate a, uh, where explosives are or a drug dog would indicate where um, drugs are. That's pretty wild because I personally don't know between those I mean, I know they're trees, right? Those are tree odors. Well, they're essential oils, right? Okay. They're essential oils, and they can be kind of strong. Um, yeah. One of the reasons they are in these little packets called hides because you can't put a Q-tip that has these essential oils on something directly because then it retains the odor, and if it's retaining the odor, then it'll always be considered what is hot. If something has been touched by that odor, it's considered hot. If it hasn't been touched by the odor, it's considered cold. Got it. So because dogs have such an amazing sense of smell, More they can go into a room and just zone in on where that scent is coming from? So dog's sense of smell is anywhere between 1,000 to 10,000 times better than ours, depending on what studies you read. And... In addition to that, about 40% of their brain is associated with the sense of olfaction. In nose work, they get paid. As soon as they find a hide, they get paid. And 
sniffing itself is extremely motivating to dogs. I mean, if you walk your dog down the street, they're going to be sniffing everything they can possibly sniff. So once they learn to find these odors and know that they're going to get paid for those odor, finding the odors, it really, it is the best dog sport ever. Dogs light up like Christmas trees when they're at the start line. I've seen dogs that have been shut down because they've been stressed and abused. And once they understand what the, the sport of nose work is, it brings them right out of their shells. It's a huge confidence booster for dogs. Reactive dogs can do it because it's only one dog in a search area at a time. Uh-huh. And literally any dog can do this because their whole being is centered around let's find odor or let's investigate what an odor is. And in this case, in this case they get paid and they get paid heavily. <laughs> so paid as far as um, their favorite cookies. treat? Yeah, cookies. Okay. cookies. Yeah, Some people reward with toys. I'm a big fan of feeding. Feeding, right? You find source, you stick to source and you get, you get a lot of cookies. <laughs> it's, really, it's just, it's a delightful sport. And because the dogs are having so much fun, the humans have so much fun. And I frequently work with people when I have training sessions, it's after work and people are tired and I, I get this statement. I almost didn't come because I was so tired, but I'm so glad I did because we had so much fun. Oh, that's so cool. So, so let's, let's start at the, the high level and, and drill down. What does a competition look like when a, a trained scent dog arrives and they're going to compete for a title? How, what does that involve? So it depends on what element that they are entered in. And there are these different elements that are involved. If you're talking about National Association of Canine Scent Work, NACSW, they're going to have containers. They have to do a container search. And that can be anywhere from 10 to 20 containers. One might be hot or three might be hot. There might be a varying number that are, are hot that contain odor. There are also vehicle searches, so the hides will be on vehicles. There will be interior searches, so when you go to a trial, it might be in a classroom, or it uh, might be in an office, or a library. And last but not least, there are exteriors. AKC is slightly different because they also have a class called Buried, where you have these big tubs of either sand or water, And the dog has to find odor amongst up to 20 containers of either, either sand and or water. Wow. Water. Yeah. They can, they can find them underwater. Oh yes. If you actually look online, you can, if you go to, go to YouTube, you can Google dog searching water <laughs> and there are dogs that can find cadavers several hundred feet in a river or a lake. That makes sense. That mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. So somebody goes in and, and, and hides the, the items before mm-hmm. each dog goes looking for them, right? Yes. Yes. And, and there will be multiple dogs that are running in the same search area because they need to have the consistency. So I actually have a video that I can send you of one of my dogs doing a search. If you'd like to add that to this. Yes. So you, well, what? Fine. I'll, I'll send a couple. And you can pick which ones work the best for you. Oh, that would be great because it's, I've been to a competition and it, it just opened my eyes up to, to what is possible in this sport, especially for 
three-legged dogs who, you know, a lot of people think that when their dog loses a leg, that's the end. They're not, the dog's never going to have any fun anymore and not going to have a good quality of life. But you're here to tell us that that is entirely possible, even for a dog on three legs. We have a dog on three legs. It's part of our nose work group. We have a dog that just had major cardiovascular surgery. She's off now recuperating, but she's basically had her heart rebuilt. And once she's off her recuperation period, she's coming back. We have dogs that have arthritis. My girl dog is retired from the sport because she has pretty severe arthritis. But because it's a low impact sport, she has no problems with just sort of walking around a search area. She just does it for fun. I don't compete with her anymore, but she still loves it. She just loves it. So you said something important there for especially our tripods community, and that's a low impact sport because, yes. you know, especially shortly after recovery or aging dogs, we don't want tripods bouncing off fly ball returns and things like that. So can right. you talk about, you know, how are, what is challenging and does it tire them out? You know, how do they get stimulated? What are the effects on the dog after a good session? One of the joys of nose work is because they're using so much of their brain, they get mentally tired. And I started both of my dogs, especially the boy dog, when he was eight weeks old. And literally two training sessions that were two minutes each, I would set up a timer for two minutes and he would be cocked out for hours afterwards. And there's a real joy to that. When you have a puppy or you have a dog that is used to a lot of physical activity and they start getting engaged in nose work and getting involved in nose work, they get tired. It is not physically demanding. It is more mentally demanding. And that is really important to me. A tired dog is a happy dog, which makes for a happy person. Absolutely. I mean, you're talking two minutes, maybe a couple times a day to tire your dog out for hours. That is he what, would, a, what a return on investment. That's I great. I know. I know. Even a puppy, even a puppy can get tired from this. Yes. Yeah. So of course the, the Renee has a quote here from Dr. Good. The more advanced dogs build endurance. So they have to search a little bit longer, but I, we have, our group has a little Facebook page and invariably someone posts a picture of their dog all curled up and knocked out after a training session because they've had so much fun and they're tired, but it's, it's the mental stimulation. It's not the physical demand. So do the searches get more complex and, and like you said, longer in in order for them to achieve higher and higher titles? Yes. Yes. And you go from at at the beginner level, you know that there's one hide. And then as you move up through the levels, you know, there's two hides or, you know, there's three hides and then, you know, there's zero to three hides. So you have to learn how to read your dog to know when they are done searching an area. And at the very high levels of NACSW, the searches might be eight or 10 minutes. And AKC has what's known as the detective class, which can last up to 15 minutes. Wow. So it's not just about tiring your dog. I'm hearing that it's also about reading your dog, understanding how your dog is trying to communicate with you. Yes. 
Yes, yeah. that, that is to really me, cool. To me, the sport, the partnership you develop with your dog is sublime. There is no, I can't even begin to describe what it is like to be in an enormous search area and just working the search area and trusting your dog and calling alert because you're required to indicate when the dog has hit, hit the hide. It's, it's really, it's just sublime. When you have that level of teamwork, there, there's, it's impossible to describe. It brings tears to my eyes because the teamwork and the closeness and the understanding that you and your dog have, it defies description. It really defies description. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I get that with obedience. Obedience is a lot of very detailed work that dog has to be perfect in. Mm-hmm. And people say, oh, I have that with rally, rally run, or, or um, sorry, agility. Agility lasts, what, 70 seconds max? And when you are out in a search area for eight or 10 or five minutes, there's no comparison. It, it's, there's no comparison. It's just teamwork on a level that is really profound. Keep using the word profound because that's what it is. You know, that's how I felt when I, I went to my, my first trial and watched what was happening. I, I felt the same way, especially when I saw the blind dog. It just, it rocked my world. It was yeah. really cool. A friend of uh, mine Jimmy had, no, I was going to talk about Dr. Beckoff's quote that you had there. Yeah. So um, in the article uh, that I'll link to in, in the podcast um, for uh, uh, care, um, there's a quote of Dr. Beckoff's that you mentioned. Um not allowing dogs to exercise their nose and other senses could be a form of sensory deprivation that robs them of information they need to figure out what's happening in the world. And that's from uh, one of our, our, our favorite animal experts, Dr. Mark Beckoff. We have some links to his stories um, that I'll put in the podcast. But um, I, I wanted to ask you as a professional, do you feel that most people are depriving their dogs by not fully engaging them in, in some kind of activity like this? We were walking the dogs a couple of days ago and one of our neighbors had their dog out and from way down the street, we could hear the owner saying, hurry up, hurry up, Mm. hurry up. And they actually, the cue for the dog to potty is hurry up. (laughs) Many humans expect their dogs to be couch potatoes and lie around all day. And then they come home from work and they are tired and they don't feel like they have the wherewithal to do something with their dogs. So they tell them, hurry up, get in, get out, because I have to do something else. And the dogs are, they live fairly circumscribed lives. Mm-hmm. As I said earlier, about 40% of the dog's brain is associated with the sense of olfaction. And if you are not letting the dog even just take a walk and doing what's termed as a sniffari, once a week, take your dog on a sniffari where you just put your dog on a leash and you follow them around as they're sniffing, that brings joy to your dog. Because sniffing is like our watching CNN or reading the newspaper. It is the way that they get information about what's happening in their world and their environment. And we live in an area where we end up walking in the same places a lot, but every day they're sniffing at different areas. They might sniff the same post, but they're going to sniff 
a different area because something has happened there. So I agree with that quote. I think that if you are not allowing your dog to just take the time to sniff, you're really limiting your dog's ability to enjoy life. You got to let them go check their pee mail. I, there is some they truth do. to that. They that need whole, to do. Yeah. Yes, they need to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. And we learned from Jerry how important it is to, you know, stop and smell the roses. You got to enjoy life to the fullest and with a sport that actually enhances that and engages the people with it. I think that is wonderful. I, I, yes. So I, I do want to ask you, um, are there any accommodations that need to be made for um, a, a tripod or a blind dog or a hearing impaired dog? Not that I can think of. I do know a couple of people who have tripods who bring their dogs up to the sanctuary in a cart. The dogs are older. And if the dog will ride in a cart, that is totally legitimate, right? Just save the dog. And I don't have a problem with that. Or if they're a small dog, they might pick the dog up and carry the dog to the start line. And, and good for them, right? They are doing what they need to do and they're advocating for their dog. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is wonderful. Yes, and there are also dogs that are using carts because of arthritis that are searching. So, yes, yeah. It, and is there an official alert or does do each dog alert in a different way? Like you look at the police and military dogs and they'll be doing their job and they're active and then they sit. And other dogs might alert differently. So is there a prescribed way they have to alert or can you just call the alert any way your dog sees fit? What the indication of the dog is going to be individual to that dog. My girl will have a quiet, what I call okay. a quiet nose hold where she just puts her nose there and she hangs out. <laughs> My boy is a little bit more <clears throat> aggressive and he starts chomping on things. <laughs> there are dogs that, that he lies down a contain when there's a hot container, he lies down. So it's really going, not only does it depend on the element, it also, the dog, it also depends on the element. That's good to hear because it comes back to that relationship with the handler or the, the, the pet owner and the, the yes. partner to, you know, it is a team sport here that you have to read your dog and you're at the one that's actually calling the alert because you know what the alert means to your dog. That's, that's, yes. yeah, that's, that's really cool. Cause I, I always assumed that it was just, um, it had to, dogs had to do the exact same thing, no matter what kind of dog they were, or where they were in life. So that's, well, if you, if you think about bomb detection dogs, you want them to sit far away from that explosive. <laughs> Definitely. You don't want them interacting with that explosive. Don't sit on it. Right. <laughs> right. 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 No, don't, don't take it around. Up. Yeah. <laughs> Not that a good idea. Why they sit. <laughs> so um, I know that um, you do a lot of teaching. And one of the, the issues that I had when I wanted to introduce scent work to our dog, Wyatt, was um, I was having a hard time finding like just a how-to manual or a place to go online and, uh, and learn that way um, because we, we travel a lot. And so we're just not in an area long enough to, to really get to know a, a group. Um, where can people go to get started? Well, you can go to my, my website. And I, you can either take classes virtually with me. It's www.thebrainycanine.com. Or if I know an instructor that's local to you, I'm happy to set you up with them. To me, for currently, I do because of COVID, I started doing a lot of virtual training. And it turns out that starting dogs at home 
was actually a blessing because the dog is learning the sport in the comfort and security of its own home. It doesn't have to deal with other dogs around and new environments and things that could potentially be distracting. So that actually has worked to benefit both dogs and handlers. I have a couple of uh, teams. I have a number of teams who I've taught virtually who are doing really well and are actually rocking and rolling in competitions because they've really stuck with the program. A lot of people just want to start sort of get a basis of what's going on and just do play with their dogs. And that's, that's completely fine. I have a number of in-person students who really, they don't want to compete. They just want to have fun with their dogs and see what their dogs can learn. And I respect that. And I honor that. And other people get all crazy about competitions the way I did. <laughs> that's really cool. Well, when we have our next dog, I, uh, you can expect to be hearing from us because come in, I come into the light. Yes. Coming, coming to the light. Absolutely. That's the best sport ever. I, yes, I will do that. Now, as far as um, gear, what do people need to um, get in order to participate? A lot of good cookies and a treat pouch. <laughs> That's easy. Yes, it is easy. I, it's harder for tripods to, to use a harness. If you have a quadruped dog, I would recommend using a harness. Just because the harness, you put the harness on, it says we're doing nose work. You have a specific harness for nose work. That harness says we're doing nose work. We're going to the start line. The harness comes off. We're done with nose work. Harness goes on. We're going to search. Mm-hmm. And the harness that my I use for my dogs is different from the harness I use for parkour. And it's different from the harness that I use for tracking. And they know the difference. It is really remarkable. People think, oh, you know, it's just a dog, isn't it? Boy, they they are much smarter than we give them credit for. My dogs can outthink me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. We've had we've had dogs like that for sure. So easy, easy. We already have the gear that we need. And um, as far as competitions go, um, let's say you know I, I get to a level where I feel comfortable enough to take my dog out there. Um, where do you go? Do you have to sign up with with one, the AKC or the and you know the other clubs? Yes, thank you. Yes. yes, yes, you do. You do. Okay. Uh, a lot of people AKC. You don't necessarily have to have a purebred dog to register with the AKC. They have what are known as uh, I I forgot what the acronym stand for, but they have PAL numbers and ILP numbers. So mixed breeds, all Americans can enter these competitions too. And NACSW, they have, they, ex- they have accepted all Americans from the get-go. That's awesome. So, yeah. Aside from the competition aspect of things, it's a great way to keep any dog active and engaged and yes. build that strong relationship. And we really appreciate you taking the time to share with us because especially with dogs during recovery and three-legged dogs where you don't want them doing those high-impact activities, this can really yeah. come in helpful. So thank you very much for your time. I am thrilled that you asked me. And again, the thanks for all mine. Oh, Nancy, we will, we will be uh, sharing your work with our community. We'll put some videos and things and links for people to get started uh, contacting you. But this is, this is really exciting. You're, I cannot wait to get started with you. Thank you so much for being here. I will send a couple of videos that you can post do. of my, my pups working. And thank you. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. What fun! Many thanks to Nancy for sharing how scent work can benefit tripods and your relationship with them. Learn more at thebrainycanine.com and join the discussion at tripods.com. He's a
Thank you for tuning in. Subscribe to Tripod Talk Radio for more pet amputation tips from experts. And claim your free gift just for listeners at downloads.tripods.com slash podcast. Tripod.